Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Whether you've overdone it at the gym, at the dinner table, or on the couch, AHM Health Insurance have a cover for you. Join direct at ahm.com.au. For SEN America, this is the SEN NFL Podcast. Hello and welcome to the SEN NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Garraway. Sitting across the desk from me is my co-host, James Arthur. G'day, mate. Hello, Richie. Today, we're going to get over to the newsroom and take a look at all the wildcard games from the weekend. We're going to start our season reviews on the teams that are crappy and out of the playoffs. We'll, of course, go over to Chris's betting corner where I hit a four-team parlay. And, of course, we'll preview the divisional round of playoffs. James, it's our 31st podcast. And you quit your job today. I did quit my job today. How satisfying was it? It was incredibly satisfying. I I handled myself really maturely. I didn't crack, the, didn't crack the shits at all. Oh, am I allowed to say that word? Yeah, you can say shit. Shit's shit, fine. Like, um, yeah, so I, I handled myself with a lot of dignity. Um, he didn't, so that was kind of enjoyable. Uh, and yeah, we, we move on to bigger and better things. There's he said, no cash here. <laughs> yeah, there's no cash. Actually, there's plenty of cash because I've already got work for tomorrow, so I'm that good. Congratulations, <laughs> mate. Let's go over to the newsroom. It's time to go into the newsroom on the SEN NFL podcast. This just in, Kansas City's good Houston isn't 30 nothing in the worst playoff game of the weekend. Yeah, a real snooze fest, this one. I didn't enjoy watching it at all. Uh, I was impressed with the Chiefs, though. They, defensively, they looked great. Uh, Brian Hoyer's copying a lot of flack. He, he did have a really terrible game. He threw four picks. But I think a lot of that also has to go towards the Chiefs. They played super well. Uh, their corners, Sean Smith, is now really hitting his straps. He was suspended earlier in the season for the first four games. So he's kind of back in the swing of things. And their their young corner, Marcus Peters, had another pick after he led the, the league this season. Uh, looking really good, really good young defense. And they got Justin Houston back, who, you know, for first game back, looked pretty solid. Yeah, look, he was a little gimpy and he, he went off the, the field a few times. Only played um, 15% of the snaps. Sorry, 25% of the snaps. So he didn't yeah, play a lot. And I think that was probably the plan going in. But yep. as soon as they realized this game was over... Uh, I think they just pretty much put him on ice. Set they up. had most of their starting linemen on yeah. ice after, I think, the third quarter. Look, the, the Texans' defense hung in there. They weren't as bad as the 30 points show. Oh, no way. Most of that was in the third and fourth quarters. Well, they had a kick return go for a touchdown on the which opening kickoff, them. which is not their fault. It kind of fell apart when J.J. Watt uh, tore his groin. He now has to have surgery on it. He's torn it off the bone. Um, That's going to hurt. Look, it'll hurt, but no one struggles coming back from that from that no, injury. I mean, so, oh yeah, it'll be terrible. Um, so once he kind of went out of the game, that's what what really hurt them. They had a really interesting game plan though. They actually they ran at him a lot with options and reads and made him 
almost played his aggressiveness against him, uh, which worked early on. Obviously, they, the points didn't come through, but it did work. It was a pretty good game plan. And look, it's been done before. And and the other reason I know the first time it was done is because, yeah, it was it happened to him in college. When yeah. TCU played um, Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl, that was the exact plan was to go at him. By going at him, they could run the misdirection, make him basically stand there and try and read both. Yeah, which and, is difficult to do. Yeah, and, and look, TCU had success doing it against him back then in college, and I know that was years and years and years ago, and he's come a long way since then. But it, it's still often a good way to go at a superstar and double-team them, but go right at them and make them read or react and, and do all those sorts of things. I thought it was a pretty good game plan. Yeah, and it certainly worked for them. They they got a lot of rushing yards through a lot of different people. That where he looks like a really good running back. Do you think they might not bring back Jamal Charles next year, considering how well it's gone without him? Not without knowing his contract situation. Yeah, I, I think he's on a pretty firm, a pretty high yeah, contract. I, I've got I don't no know how idea how many years are left, what's guaranteed. Yeah. But it'd be interesting. It, it makes an interesting decision for them in the in the off season because they could. You know, clear out some cap by getting rid of him, and I'm sure someone would still trade for him. He's a pretty good back still, and go with you know the the the, the three back punch. A quick shout out to Whitney Masalius had a three sack game for the Texans. Had a quiet, really good season. So hopefully he can continue. Um, Clanny didn't play in this game. No, he was he ruled inactive. Yep, and actually, Apparently left, he wasn't happy. About he was it. really upset about it and left the stadium, uh, which I found a bit surprising. Now he did. Someone went and got him, and he came back, but. You don't want to be you know, kicking up too many hissy fits like that. I'm interested to see how they handle that because Whitley Marsalius has had a really good season predominantly in Clowney's position. So the, the biggest there's still a bit with, of value in Clowney. Yeah. The biggest problem with the Texans is quarterback. Yeah, They oh. have to solve it in the offseason. You, yeah, you can't a, go in next year with Hoyer. No. Basically, they started the season with five backup quarterbacks. Bill O'Brien got a lot done with, with not much. Uh, he's actually... I thought early in the week he made a pretty dumb decision today having J.J. Watt at running back. It wasn't the smartest move on his behalf. Especially being he'd already strained. Yeah, it wasn't a smart move. But all in all, he's had a pretty good season getting a a fair bit out of nothing, in my opinion. He won two games with Brandon Whedon, a couple with Ryan Mallett. he's, He's done a pretty good job, so I think his job's pretty safe. Yeah, I would think so too. Moving on, the Cincinnati Bengals again lose in the first round of the playoffs to the Steelers in a pretty spiteful game, 18-16. James, there's all sorts of suspensions coming down, things like that. I've heard supporters of both teams throwing mud. I think there's plenty of people at fault in this game on both sides of the football. Absolutely. And and the, the sad part is that what's what's been lost in this game is the fact that it was Jeremy Hill's fault. He fumbled the ball. In the red zone, you run that out. You they t- probably takes over. another two minutes off the clock. You kick a field goal. You're up four points, and they've got no timeouts, and they have to drive the field. Or you put it away for a touchdown, and you win the game. I think, and that's what's annoying me. What's being lost? Jeremy Hill cost them that game by fumbling. Now you can, you know, he shouldn't have been fighting for yards. He had two guys holding on to him. Get down. It's just stupid. It's stupid running back play. Um, the couple of issues I have with the with the entire ending of it, is the biggest issue I have is, is Joey Porter. And I've never liked Joey Porter. He's always been an instigator, an instigator, and in my opinion, just 
a massive asshole, and I've got no time for him. And we've all seen the video of him getting in a fight with a Bengals player at a bar. Yep. Uh, he's just a tool. Hanging up with him with four of his mates. Exactly. Cause he, and I think he's still lost as well. And basically, him being on the field in the Bengals huddle, and then Pac-Man Joan, Jones shoves him to get out of the huddle, and then Pac-Man Jones is flagged. Now, you can go, oh, there was a lot going on. The refs, you can't blame the refs for missing that. Yeah, you can, because they flagged Pac-Man Jones for pushing Joey Porter. Yeah, what was At he even what doing point there? do you go, why is Joey Porter in the Bengals' huddle? Absolutely disgusting game. The refs did not handle it well. Perfect shot was a, definitely a penalty. He's been suspended for three games now, which I think is ridiculous. Well, a, my, a complete overreaction. Yeah, that's insane. For some of the things, if you get done for performance enhancing drugs on your first offence, it's four games. Yeah, or and he gets three for that. Or you can be Greg Hardy and throw your girlfriend on a bed and tell her to pick which weapon you want to. She wants to be killed with and get four games. Yeah, exactly. It's just so inconsistent. And it's, it's a just, joke. His problem is because there's no precedent set in any way. Goodell just makes up what he wants yeah. to do. It was insane. It's a stupid Look, move. It, perfect. Let's face. It, he's a crazy man. He, he does this sort of stuff well. all the time. He played, he played great, so well. but his problem is he gets suspended all the time. Yeah. Like, this isn't new. Is he on the Bengals roster next season? I don't know his contract situation, so I can't tell you. But I would guess Marvin Lewis, who just doesn't seem to do anything about his players doing bad things, I'd say yes. Yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't get rid of him. I'd try and find a way. And if, if he did get released... He'd, be, he'd find his way on the team instantly. Yep. You want to touch on Roethlisberger really quick with his injury and how he played? So he had a separated shoulder. I don't understand how you, you go into the rooms with a separated shoulder and you come out, you sit off, you watch Levi Jones throw a pick, which should have cost you the game. Then all of a sudden, he's right to come back into the game? Because the painkiller had kicked in by then. I want to know what exactly yeah. was injected into his body <laughs> to be able a, to throw a painkiller needle with a pain- about with- this big. It's ridiculous. So basically, you, you can't hit a guy in the head, but doctors can inject whatever they want into a player to get him going. Yep. I'd be very interested to see to know what they what they gave him. All in all, Pittsburgh, I, I don't think they should have gone to the next round. Antonio Brown got concussed on that hit by Burfitt. He's been cleared. Apparently, yeah, he's been cleared. The most vicious hit you've ever seen. He was laying on the ground unconscious for three or four minutes, yet he's been cleared already. Yeah, but that's how. And look, I've Is heard it? people say that too. If it wasn't a playoff game, concussion. No, concussion. It's a funny thing. We saw somebody like um, Aaron Rodgers who got one and sat out for three weeks. Yeah, you can get knocked out for minutes and be okay. It's a weird thing how each person's brain reacts to each different hit is random and different, no matter who it is or how it is. While we're talking about hits, what did you think of... You know what I think of the hit on uh, Jared Bernard that put him out of the game. What was What's your opinion on that hit? Well, college football, it's now a 15-yard penalty and you get ejected for that because he dropped the crown of his head. It was bad. Yeah, he dropped his head, hit him with the crown and made contact above the shoulders as well. He was called not defensive because he caught the ball, completed the catch, turned. He put, you could call it a half-juke move, you know, when you settle your feet down. It wasn't. He, he basically turned, saw the guy, and just tried to get out of the way. Yeah. It was the, and it wasn't the hit that bothers me. It was the way Shazier hit him. And, and don't get me wrong, Ryan Shazier had a really good game and looks like he's going to be a really, really fine player for Pittsburgh. But I don't think, I didn't think you were allowed to lead with the crown of your helmet like that. 
Basically, they changed the rule a couple of years ago for running backs when they were out in space, not being able to run over defensive backs like that. I think that definitely should have been flagged. You're not allowed to hit with the crown of the helmet. Uh, and that's just another one the refs missed. Yeah, I think that rule should just be across football, full stop. Because yeah. he could have laid him out. Without with critting correctly. With his head up. And let's also look, if Shazier, you know, misses slightly where he was aiming, he could Breaks have broken his, his neck. neck. Yeah. Or what, what, what if Jeremy Hill has enough time to lower himself and get in position to deliver, sorry, Jerry Bernard, to deliver a shot back? Ryan Shazier can break his neck hitting like that. It's the first thing you learn when you start tackling. Should have been flagged. And I think it's just another one the refs missed. And as I said, they've had an abysmal season and that was just a cherry on top. And we haven't talked about the Martavius Bryant catch yet either. You want to give me your quick, <laughs> quick feelings on that one? I just don't understand. If you watch when his foot, his first foot is touching, that they counted touched, the ball is actually completely out of his hand. But because it's touching his leg, he has control? I don't think so. I don't understand how anyone thinks that's a catch. I, I just can't work it out. Indisputable evidence to overrule the call on the field. That's why it was a catch. Yeah, uh, but even you look now, everyone's hailing it as one of the greatest catches of all time. It wasn't even a catch. And Gary Ablett's wasn't a mark. I don't even, who's Gary Ablett? You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's no, the exact it, same thing. He's a little bald guy that used to play for Geelong. As soon as it's called, that's it. It's called. It's done. Yeah, I, I just the, the rules. Are my set opinion up. was it wasn't a, it wasn't a touchdown, and we all know I'm a little bit bitter considering what happened to Des Bryant last year, where I thought he had a lot more control than Martavius Bryant did. I'll agree when he's doing his little flip, he does have it. He's wedged it against his leg, but at that point, he's only got one foot down. I, I just don't think it was a catch. I think the Bengals got a little bit robbed on that one. Good good effort by him and. You know, I would have applauded the, the effort to try and catch it, but I don't think it was a catch. Look, it was certainly the game with the most storylines. Moving on to what could be just about called the new ice bowl because it was absolutely the coldest game ever. Freezing that day. Seattle survived a missed field goal at the death to get past the Vikings 10-9. to It wasn't the most entertaining game, obviously, with a low score like that, but both offenses and defenses struggled. It was really cold. Look, and we all know what happened at the end. Blair Walsh misses a 26-yard field goal, shanked the absolute crap out of it. It was an awful kick. But here's my my read on the game. They were lucky to be with an opportunity of three points. That play where Rudolph runs into Cam Chancellor and basically shoves Cam Chancellor, there are three reasons that wasn't pass interference. First, it's within five yards of the line of scrimmage. So you're allowed to legally make contact. So it can't even be illegal contact by the defender. Secondly, the ball was thrown about 10 yards away from him because Teddy Bridgewater sucks. And thirdly, (laughs) Rudolph ran into him. It was just karma that he missed that field goal. And also, we honestly think playing on a field that's not ice, Seattle don't absolutely tear Minnesota apart. You can say what you want, and Minnesota fans can think what they want and be upset. The only reason they were in that game was because of the weather, because it was able to be a low-scoring game. That's the only reason. Yeah, look, I, I tip the Seahawks are a better team, and you know, we talked about um, on Sunday on air with Brett that the only way we, I could really see them winning was in, if Peterson went for 200 yards and a handful and of he touchdowns. Didn't. He was terrible. He went for 45 for yards. 45 yards, and he also had the fumble, which allowed... Seattle to kick a field goal to tie the, to get that one point lead. Look, all said and done, Minnesota probably should have won. Actually, they they definitely should have won. But 
big story was Marshall Lynch not playing. I, I, I thought he would have played. Didn't even make the trip. No, he was there. He no, was, but he didn't go with the team. He came in late for oh, the game. He? Yeah, so he was he was all cleared at one point, and then he basically just said, "Look, I'm not feeling a hundred percent. Probably not the best. Probably probably the best idea to miss that game. Freezing cold. You know, imagine the surface would be, be pretty firm, um, slick. I mean, yeah. it's field turf. Those who don't know, but it's still going to be bulletproof when it's that cold. Oh, it would. It'd be like falling on concrete, like slip falling on slippery concrete. All around, I actually enjoy this game because I, I like these defensive struggles and whatnot. I think Pete Carroll had a couple of really bad calls. He went for it on fourth and fourteen instead of kicking a forty-two yard field goal, which I know it was cold, but you see Blair Walsh kicking a you know forty-seven yard field goal. Forty-two yards is is pretty pedestrian. That that's kind of my opinion. And also to Mike Zimmer, he iced his own kicker. I know, and he. So he let the ball sit there for longer. But the thing was, he in the cold, he legitimately iced him. It was so he cold. Have like, it was he like just it was a, stood there. I, I, I can't believe he would do that. <laughs> all in all, and this is the big qualm I have with Minnesota today. Seattle shut down the running game. Now the weather shouldn't have affected that. They should have probably made it easier to run. They shut Peterson down, and on the last drive, when you need to drive the field to win, Peterson wasn't even in the game. They had Jerry McKinnon in. If he's the best running back in the NFL, I'd probably want him in the game. So what does that tell you? Does that say that should have you been in the game or or not? Like this is it's just really it's really a question for you, Rich. Would have you preferred to have him in the game? I reckon I reckon you gotta live and die by your studs. That's what I think. Because if someone says, uh it's hard to question you later, like, oh you gave it to Peterson four times or whatever in the last however many minutes. So he's my best you can player. Say, yeah, well, he's the best player on the field. Pete Carroll probably has two Super Bowls under his belt if he follows that rule of giving the ball to his stud. So, and you know what? If he does hand the ball to him three more times in that game, Pete Carroll, you, you can walk off the field and go, I gave it to Marshall and Lynch three times. He should have scored. He's my best player. So that, that's pretty much it. Look, I'm glad Seattle move on because they're a much better football team than Minnesota. And I think Minnesota have got some pieces. They probably need to add a receiver. A quarterback. Um, Bridgewater. No, I think you roll with him next season. I think he showed no, I think enough. You, they, you have to because of where you drafted him, but he yeah. has to come on or they're going to stay the same. you got to remember the last few games he played really well. He certainly played better than he did. Um, exactly. He's played better late in the season. And, you know, it's unfair to say that Russell Wilson struggled because of the cold and not give Teddy Smallhands a bit of a break because of the cold. So, oh, look, they were both. Exactly. Um, it affected it was, both of them, yeah. and, and he didn't play too bad. How good was Russell Wilson's slide play to pick up that ball? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, he's, he's unbelievable. Going on to the last game of the weekend, Aaron Rodgers recovered from a pretty poor start through a couple of touchdowns to get the win 35-18. to 18. Over the Redskins, this was one of the ones during the week that you know a lot of people were talking about. The Redskins are, are probably a better team, but I wanted to roll with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and we we discussed this. I think I think Washington were playing better. I don't think they're a better team, but Aaron, that's, that's probably fair. Yeah, in the second quarter, Aaron Rodgers got going. All of a sudden, Devonta Adams could catch, and all of a sudden, the defense was stopping the Redskins. What I do want to say one thing is I think Jay Gruden is absolutely lucky to have a job this year. And the reason he has it is because Kirk Cousins came on. Well, he he, he goes, okay, I'm hitching my wagon to Kirk Cousins. Exactly. I'm going to live and die. And it's paid off for him. He lived. The amount of times they ran the ball on the weekend to no avail was ridiculous. They needed to basically when they they needed in the half to half time to just go, we're not running the ball anymore. It's not working. 
let's just start passing the ball every play. Let's live and die by Kirk Cousins. That's what they should have done. Like Morris had 11 carries for 50 yards, but he had he had 22 on one carry. So he's had 10 carries for 28 well, yards. Yeah, I mean, they pretty much went to the pass. They had 46, Cousins had 46 attempts. And how many rushing attempts were there? 16, 17, yep. including two of Cousins, which yep. was scrambled. And Cousins didn't have a bad game. Uh, and I certainly think they've got a few pieces there. Jordan Reed. Jordan is, Reed, he is a gun. If he, he can he could keep, be the next. Yeah, if he stay, next stays kid, healthy. Uh, next tight end to be big. Yeah, if he stays healthy, he's... Yeah, he's exceptional. I, look, we'll get to the reviews later. I don't think I think Green Bay managed to find a way to beat a pretty average football team. Um, they have played well lately, but Green Bay are the better team. And as we discussed, they have Aaron Rodgers. And when he plays like that, they're hard to beat. It will be a different story in Arizona next week, though. Hundred percent. Look, the Redskins. Let's face it; they won a an, a poor division, probably one of the worst in the NFL. They yep. were competitive for much of this game. They must have exceeded their expectations. Even the most one-eyed Washington fan would think, hey, if I said to him, hey, you can go 9-7. and seven, And make the playoffs. Make the playoffs and you lose the Packers in the first round. they go, yeah, give it to me. Yep. Because yep. if you'd offered awesome. me that as Tampa, at the side of the yard, go, take it. And Exactly. And they've, they've seen their family quarterback. Kirk Cousins looks really good. So he's going to get big money no matter what he does, whether he stays or leaves it. He had a um, press conference after the game and said, you know, he really wants to stay, and I think they'll get that done. He seems like that kind of guy, and they do have the franchise tag up their sleeve if they need it. So I think you'll see him back at Washington next year. Um, you'll probably see Alfred Morris move on. He's a free agent, and we'll see what happens. But they've, they've got some building blocks there, especially Jordan Reed is a nice piece to start with. They've got a pretty decent receiving call, yep. top to bottom. Garcon's good. The young, young crowd of rookie this year had a really good you got good a guy who can take the top off. Yep, Deshaun Jackson. Not everyone's got that. Yeah. Moving on, staying in the newsroom, though, the Rams have been approved today to relocate to L.A. They are the Inglewood Stadium, for those who have been following it closely. They are coming, going back. They spent 46 years in the L.A. area. They played quite a bit of it down in Orange County. But as of next year, they will be the L.A. Rams. Yeah, really exciting for the for Rams fans. Um, I know our man Jake Jake Wilkins, who's the biggest Rams fan I know, which is not saying much. Um, <laughs> he basically said if they don't if they don't go to LA or go to London, he won't barrack for them anymore. Um, <laughs> I saw that, and then about half an hour later, they announced they were going to LA. Good move for them. I think that should that should really rejuvenate them. They need to get a quarterback to to help that rejuvenation. Um, they've got a pretty low draft pick, so we'll see we'll see how that goes. I think the the, the thing as a whole, like the relocation. Um, fee is like five hundred million or something ridiculous like that. They have to pay to move. To move, it's massive. It was a thirty to two vote by the owners' approval. My, I can only imagine the two against were Oakland and, and San, San Diego. Diego. I don't know that for sure. Yeah, but I haven't seen it written anywhere. I've just seen the numbers. You can imagine. Yeah, that would be my guess. If it looks online, like Oakland won't get it then. No, if you go online, look at all the photos and the plans and what they're going to do. It's the old Inglewood race course. That's been leveled. They're going to build the stadium there and a downtown entertainment precinct as they always carry on about that they're going to do. Basically, the stadium, if you've ever been to LA and you've flown in over the land, it's in the flight path right before you land into LAX. So that gives us some idea of where it is. Um it's going to be an incredible stadium. It'll host the Super Bowl the first year it's built, yep. much like most other new stadiums that have been built in the last five years. You get rewarded by getting that Super Bowl almost straight away. 
Um, where will they play until that's built? Now, that is the open question. There's really only two venues where you can play it, and that's the LA Coliseum, which is where USC plays, the Trojans, or you go out to Pasadena and you play in the Rose Bowl, which is where UCLA play. Yeah. That's your only two options. I think they'll probably end up in the Coliseum. The rent is cheaper. The Rose Bowl is going through some upgrades at the moment. I don't know how they're going to go hosting their NFL games as well as their college games yeah. while those upgrades are going on. I might be wrong. That's the newer, better stadium. That's where I'd want to be. But they might want to go to the LA Coliseum, which is closer to where their new stadium is going to get built. Yeah, beautiful. And along with the Rams who have accepted the move, the Chargers have been given basically first right of refusal for a move as well. So if they want it, it's there. Yeah, and they'll share the same stadium. Yep. Um, there's a vote coming up. This is obviously super nerdy stuff for those who are listening. There's a vote coming up uh, for the San Diego um, area that taxpayers will have to front $350 million towards a new stadium. Or lose your team, basically. Basically, or lose your team. So if they vote for that... I can't see them staying. I think there'll be an upgrade... The NFL have said they'll throw in $100 million. The owner can throw in some more, and that's pretty much your stadium built. You need about $800 million to a billion dollars to build a brand-new stadium, have it be state-of-the-art. I don't think it's going to happen. I think you'll find the Chargers are going to take that option. The Raiders will have to stay put. They already have a deal that's been put to them by the city of Oakland to upgrade that horrendous place, the LA Coliseum. Yeah, They'll upgrade that. Um, the NFL tip in a hundred, you know, maybe ownership will throw in a bit, but they're always crying poor, so probably not. I hope the Raiders stay. I think that's. The I think stuff. the Raiders should stay, and they'll get a new stadium. And they've got a good fan base there. Yeah. Now they've got second right of refusal. So if the Chargers don't go, you Raiders will. There, there's well, going to be two well, they teams can. there. I think there'll be two teams there. I think there's going to be two teams what, in LA. Maybe not this year, but I, be there the year will be. after. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Chargers stayed in San Diego until that stadium was built. But if they do, no one's going to go. So it's a big risk. I reckon you're better off moving. The second you announce you're going, you may as well go because your fans don't come. We've already seen it this year where stadiums would be completely full of opposition fans yeah. in, in San Diego especially. Yeah, I think you'll see them move on. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at the season reviews. Taking a look at the season reviews, we're going to start with the Tennessee Titans, the worst record in the NFL, 3-13. and 13. James, there's a lot of work that needs to be done here. Yeah, I had, a, I had a good look at their team from this season. Um, the good thing is, I don't know how good a thing it is actually, they're not, there's not that many players they need to retain in free agency. The big one's probably Zach Brown, um, who's you know their starting middle linebacker, a pretty solid football player, but he won't cost them a whole bunch. And Byron Bell, who was a starting right tackle this season, only 26 years old, both of them. So I think you'll see them do everything they can to bring them back. They are, not, they are unrestricted free agents. They really need to improve at the centre position. It was one of the worst positions on their offensive line. The rest of it wasn't too bad. You've got Chance Warmack playing guard, who's a first-round pick. Taylor Lewan had a really underrated season at left tackle. He looks a good, big, tough tackle, which is what you want. Uh, they probably need to add a running back. They just don't have anything at running back. Bishop Sankey hasn't worked out for them. They definitely need to find a cornerback, an inside linebacker, and a free safety. That's kind of their off-season needs. Basically, what else I've done is I've worked out the uh, 
MVP for both the offense and the defense of the team. The offensive MVP, in my opinion, uh, I weighed up between the tight end there. He had a really good season, 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns. But I went with Mariota in the end because just had... And a lot of people should say that the quarterback shouldn't be included, but unfortunately well, they have to be. Still it's the most important. Um, Mariota had an incredible season, missed the last two games, had a rating of 94.8. So pretty good. He's had a really good rookie season, and they can, that's something they can look to build off. They have a very good receiving core with Kendall Wright. Doriel Green Beckham came on late in the season. Uh, I think there's, there's a lot to offer there. Yeah, I think so too. There's a lot of talk that um, the Titans will take. Um, there's a outstanding tackle, um, Tunsil out of Old Miss, yeah. who's probably the, the number one toted guy. You could certainly add him to Anguero line if you really wanted to go in that um, cornerback direction. Um, Vernon Hargraves the third, I might add, um, out of Florida, cornerback. Really dynamic player, especially at the college game. Reads routes really well, ball hawk, all the you know buzzwords you want to say about him. That's one of the other options and another direction they can go. I think not not needing a quarterback and not having a quarterback at the top of this draft that's definitely going to go number one. What this allows you to do with Tennessee is you can hear offers to trade back because they don't need – if they have a top 10 pick still, they can get something good because they need so much basically. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be really, I think they'll either take that tackle with the first pick or you can see them if there's an offer there that's worthwhile. Uh, as I said, there's no quarterback to be taken. So you only really see teams trade up, for example, when, when Washington went and got RJ3. Uh, just quickly, the defensive MVP, Jarrell Casey, really good defense, interior defensive lineman in a 3-4 scheme, had seven sacks this season, which people don't know, that's a pretty impressive season. Very good against the run. A guy you can really, he's not JJ Watt, he's not that kind of player. But he's a very solid interior lineman, which is very important for them. Moving on to the Cleveland Browns. They need a new everything, including coaches and GMs and everything else. They finished 3-13. and 13. James, there is so much to do here again. I mean, where do you start? There always is. And, and where I would start is re-signing to Sean Gibson, who's their free agent, free safety. He is one of the best free safeties in the league. Him and Dante Whitner, or Dante Hitner as they like to call him. He likes to call himself that. Yeah, but he does hit pretty hard. And he's a pretty, they're, both pretty, they're a pretty good tandem. One's very quick and, a, and athletic and good in coverage. The other one's a, a run stopper. So I think that's a good start for them. They probably bring back Mitchell Swartz, their starting right tackle. Craig Robertson, the inside linebacker, they might bring him back. Other than that, there's a lot you can let go. Interesting to see what they do with uh, Terrell Pryor. Well, they've cut him and signed him about four times this yeah. year, so they'll probably do the same to him again. I'd be very interested to see. Look, what they need, and it's all come out in the wash this season, they went to Johnny late, and he played pretty well. They probably should have rolled with him all season, but unfortunately, he's just a bit of an idiot, and he's getting himself more and more trouble. So this well, offseason, they need to sort out that quarterback spot. Who have you got as your offensive and defensive MVPs from the Browns? Offensively, I have Gary Barnage, the tight end. Came out of nowhere, and yeah, this time. is an offense that needs basically quarterback, wide receiver, and running back. They have no weapons. Hopefully, they get Josh Gordon back. I don't know what the situation is there. It's all a little bit transparent. Hopefully, he can get himself reinstated because he is, when he was playing, was one of the top wide receivers in the league, and that would help them solve that problem. They need to cut Dwayne Bowe. He's a, a terrible signing. They Six just catches. Well, Terrell Pryor only had one, five less. <laughs> one, 1. 1.2 million a catch. Dwayne Bowe earned this year. Um, and just quickly, we'll touch on the defensive MVP, Carlos Dansby. Been around for a long time. I put his stats aside because they were just really impressive. 108 tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles, 
and three interceptions, two of them going for touchdowns. That is up there. This is a guy who's 33 years old and has been around this league a long time. A very good season. Hopefully, he's still under contract, so he'll be there next year. Hopefully, they can get a young linebacker under him to start learning and learning how to play that way. Uh, interesting to see. Tremont Williams hasn't really worked out for them. They got from Green Bay. Defensive line's good and the offensive line's good. So they're, they're solid there. They've just got to get some skill positions around it. You mentioned the quarterback. If they do want to go in that direction, and a lot of people are suggesting they probably will, there's only really two options. You either take Paxton Lynch, quarterback from Memphis, um, who had a great start to the year, prototypical NFL quarterback, or you look at Jared Goff out of California, exactly the same sort of thing, you know, 6'4", 210, you know, that prototypical stand-in-the-pocket, let it fly kind of quarterback. Um, uh, it's so hard to tell what they're going to do with I think Johnny's gonna be a gone. complete regime change. But if they want to go in that quarterback direction, they're not Andrew Luck type guys who've been talked about since they came into college. Maybe they but can trade back and scoop one up though. That's they're the... both really good QBs. You wouldn't want to trade back too far. No, and, and Bortles wasn't that highly touted and he's turned out to look pretty good. So, you know, I think my opinion on quarterbacks, if you need one, Get one. Keep drafting until you get it. Yeah, because you can't win without it. Yeah, you cannot. It, history has shown one team has won without a good quarterback, and that was Trent Dilfer, who even claims that himself, that he was the uh, worst Well, he was a replacement during the year. Exactly. He wasn't meant to be the starter. So that's it was Trent Graney replaced, if I'm correct. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. San Diego Chargers finished 4-12. and 12. They had a, a pretty ordinary year, and I thought they were going to make the playoffs, so they obviously fooled me, but... They do have a quarterback in place. They do. Philip Rivers is an exceptional quarterback, and or should we call them this LA Chargers? Just about. <laughs> I know. I, I, can't, I have to stop singing that song. Uh, look, they need offensive line. That's their main thing. Their center's a very good player, Nick Hardwick, but they need guards and tackles. They probably need a wide receiver to go with Keenan Allen. Quickly just touch on Keenan Allen. He played seven games this year. He was flying. He do was you carrying hear, my fantasy wait team. Wait till you hear his numbers. 67 receptions, 725 yards, and four touchdowns in in six games. That's, yeah, he, that he is incredible. Flying. And Ten what a receptions surprise, it was very good after he went out. Exactly. Danny Woodhead was their leading receiver who played the whole season, had 80 receptions for 755 yards, six touchdowns. Antonio Gates, guy best. Antonio Gates, I think, will retire. I think he's done. Darius Green is a free agent. Their other tight end who reminds me of um, Bennett, from who's now at the Bears, who was at the Cowboys. Yep. A guy who should be a good receiver but hasn't been. And then as soon as he leaves, you know he's going to become good somewhere else. Look, they've got the quarterback. That's not their problem. They roll with Melvin Gordon another year. He had a really bad rookie year, but a lot of it was injuries on the O-line. They had their fifth string tackle playing at one point. Um, I know all the Patriots fans are going to whinge and say, so did we, but... Basically, you got they Tom got, Brady and the best coach in the NFL, so shut up. Exactly. They got hurt by injury. Their offensive MVP, I tried to not give it to quarterbacks as much as possible, but when I looked, I, if, Keenan no Allen, one else. if Keenan <laughs> Allen had played the whole season, it would have been him, but unfortunately didn't. It was Philip Rivers. He had another outstanding season, 4, almost 4,800 yards, which was third in the league, 29 touchdowns, about eight picks. Had a really good season. And the defensive MVP, I couldn't look past two guys. Jason Verrett, Verrett a former frog, looked outstanding when he was yep. healthy he shut down any receiver he played against and melvin ingram for them outside linebacker had a really good season 11 sacks finally got healthy for played an entire season 
Uh, he's got he's going into a contract year next year, so they've got a couple of nice pieces to build around. Yeah, and look and quickly looking at the draft for these guys, I think they're going to look in probably that D back direction. Once again, I mentioned him off the top, Vernon Hargraves the third. He every chance he will be there. Yep. Their other option is Jalen Ramsey, who's free safety out of Florida State. Um, Poor who, lineman. They, they've who's got every chance lineman. if if the top one falls to him? But after that, the next O lineman is quite a way down. Yeah, you know, you're looking at Ronnie Stanley. He's projected to be you know, around that ten mark. So I don't think they would take him. Yeah, that and high. just just a quick shout out to. Um, mystery girlfriend Manti Teo had a, sneaky, had a good sneaky good season. Yeah, sneaky and good he's going to be like, uh, I compare him to kind of an AJ Hawk. That's what he looks like at the moment. Very solid. He's going to have a 10, 12 year career in the NFL because he knows how to play football. He might not know how to get real girlfriends, but he can certainly play middle linebacker. The Dallas Cowboys, your Dallas Cowboys, stunk it up all year. Four and 12. Number one re-signing you have to get done. It's got to be Morris Claiborne. <laughs> is that, I hope that's a joke. Yeah, I'm trying to bait you. Actually, in, in saying that, if the price is there... Ah, if, <laughs> love the ostrich. If the price is there for Claiborne, he actually had a first season. He played 15 games here and they missed one from injury. And actually, was he wasn't terrible. So if there's not a big price tag on him, which there shouldn't be, and if he's susceptible to coming back, which who knows, he's only 25 years old, I would definitely give him another year contract. I wouldn't sign him for anything big. No, all, think- all jokes aside, obviously your number one priority is Matt Cassell. You've now got to get him under contract, <laughs> secure that quarterback oh, position. Oh, there's so much. So, just so funny. I'm hilarious. But guys, there are so many guys. Morris Claiborne, Greg Hardy, Rolando McLean, Jeremy Mincy, James Hannah, Ron Leary. Now, I don't think Ron Leary will be back because of um, Lyle Collins just played so well. I think you'll see they'll see him let go of him. Interesting to see if they bring Robert Turbin back. He looked okay as a second running back. Rolando McLean is the key. They have to get him back. I don't know what they do with Greg Hardy. I don't... With the third pick, you're probably looking, is there a defensive end or something available? Fourth pick, you get a defensive end, and then you probably don't need to bring Greg Hardy back. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence emerged as a really good lineman as well. So Probably the top... Oh, that's cruel. Uh, the top D-end is a guy out of Oklahoma State, Emmanuel... Oh, man, that's rough. Where and that is? Obar, O-G-B-A-H. Obajar. Yeah, close enough. Out of Oklahoma State, he's probably the highest touted one at the moment from this list I'm looking at. Then there's another one, um, Shaquine Colhoun out of Michigan State. He's the other one, but they're around that 10-11 mark. Yeah, so I've been say, the Cowboys are a prime example of someone who can trade back. With the number four, teams will be interested to get up in there to try and pick up a big wide receiver or or lineman or cornerback or something like that. I think you might see that you've mentioned that corner three times now. I think you might see them... Vernon Hargraves yep, the third. I think you might see them try and pick him up. They definitely need that. I think they're going to cut... Uh, Would you take a quarterback mm, up there, top four? Look... I, I certainly Jared wouldn't. Goff sitting there. Yeah, I replace cer- Romo. I certainly wouldn't be upset. He could sit, sit behind for Romo for a couple of years and learn. Uh, it's not the worst thing. I think they need to get a running back because as good as McFadden was this year, they certainly need someone. He's he's thirty now, so they need someone to get, you know, to replace him at some point. Uh, MVP offensively, I wanted to go with Tony Romo because we won three <laughs> games. We, we went three and one with him, and we didn't. We, we won one game without him. So. You do the math. I ended up going with the with the Cowboys' offensive line as a whole. Tyron Smith had an excellent season at tackle. 
Lyle Collins was an absolute steal. That offensive line got Darren McFadden at 1,000 yards, who we thought a watermelon was going to start over him. So um, that's where that stands. Defensively, it was Sean Lee, hands down. He had an amazing season. He's probably, if it wasn't for Eric Berry having the big C, it was probably Sean Lee's Comeback Player of the Year award to win. I'm bored of the Cowboys. Let's get over the betting corner. Listen, here's the thing. If you can't spot the sucker in your first half hour at the table... And you are the sucker. Chris has joined us in the studio. G'day, mate. Man, I love playoff football. How good is it? It is terrific. It is terrific. And not that, only that. Is that how you fell in love with the Patriots? Because you only watch it at the end of the season? I'm a Chiefs fan, mate. I thought you were a Carolina fan. <laughs> no, Since they that lost. that awful quiz. They didn't lose. They won. No, but they lost the last round. They had the week no, off, they actually. Didn't. No, they, they didn't. The <laughs> Did they? they won the um, week. They lost the week before. You're that an one. idiot. They lost. I hate you. They lost since we spoke about it. <laughs> if you weren't pretty, I'm on, I'm on I, would, I couldn't stand you. I'm bored of the Chiefs. You want to hear how you went last week? Sure I do. Does. No. Sure do. Well, I'm taking every single away team. That is the Packers, <laughs> Seahawks, Steelers, and Chiefs. When you put them all together, it's paying $6.96. Really? They're all the favourites okay. on the road. So much, yeah. But still, oh, I need all four to happen. Hey, it's, it's still a good bet. Are you going to put five grand on it? Uh, no. Nine, put nine. Take, take, a, take a zero off. I'll have 500 on it. Well, I'm going to disagree with you, and I'm going to bet on the Bengals to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers at $2.27. I'll have $1,000 Chris Starkey. There we go. I'm going to the Green Bay Packers. No, you're not. And the you Redskins again? game. I'm going to bet that there will be overtime. That's paying $6 that this game goes into overtime. I have $500 this game goes to overtime. I've only got two bets this week. I just want to keep it short and sweet. I have... It's a parlay because as the rules dictate, dictate, I need to... You're a dictator. I need to to do a parlay. I have Spencer Ware, who is the Kansas City Chiefs running back, to score the first touchdown in that game. Mm-hmm. And I have that parlayed into Washington to beat the Green Bay Packers. All that turns handsomely into the odds of $19.60. And I will have $1,000 on it. Because yeah. I'm no <laughs> What was that worth? You know what? I'm not allowed to say it anymore. <laughs> my mum called me and yelled at me. Let's have a quick look at what uh, you boys are on before we get into this week's tips. James, you are you started off the week on twenty two thousand seven hundred and sixty six, missed on both your thousand buck bets, brings you back down to twenty thousand seven hundred sixty six. Richie, you are closing the gap, my friend. You had that five hundred bucks on that uh, on the parlay bet. All the away teams, you hit that at six ninety six. That lands you an extra three thousand four hundred and eighty bucks. Nice. We try to encourage you to put a grand on it. You probably yeah, I in, should hi- have. in hindsight, I should you should have. have. But that's all right. Then you lost on the uh, the other bet that you had, so you're up a few thousand on uh, on this week. You I feel like up I should have taken it a bit more seriously. He's closed the gap. What's mate. his total? Twelve thousand seven hundred eighteen. So how much did 8, you win 000. this week? Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. He, he was about three thousand up. <laughs> Pathetic. About three thousand. If you if you bet like a real man, you're such a tool. I hate <laughs> you. Let's get into. It. I wish you got, wish you got fired today. That's I'm not the first time I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, we're going to start off with you. What are your bets for this week? Kansas City to beat the, beat the Patriots at $2.96, $500. Whoa, look out. All right, I'm going to take 
The Arizona Cardinals to beat the Green Bay Packers parlay into the Kansas City Chiefs Patriots game being under 42 points. Uh, parlay together, that's 262. I'll have 500. Steelers beat Denver Broncos at 322. This is going to uh, be a really quick. Oh, man. This I is going to be a really, really quick highlights reel next week. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. All right. I really don't like the Carolina Panthers, so I'm going to put them out of the playoffs by betting on them. Carolina Panthers paying a dollar sixty-eight just for the win straight up. I have a thousand dollars that they do. A thousand, there we go. So you think Carolina will win? Yeah. So you're betting on Carolina to win? Yeah, which okay. guarantees they'll lose and get okay. them out of the playoffs. Yeah, that works well. <laughs> Seattle to beat the Carolina Panthers and the game to be under forty-four points at a whopping six dollars and twenty-two. I will have. I got. I got a thousand, Rich. I wasn't listening. So do whatever you want. Thousand. A thousand? Yeah. Five hundred and the other two thousand on my third. You took a little bit quick on that one. We weren't, weren't quick enough on that one, but that's all right. Richie, last one. Super Bowl MVP will be Carson Palmer. That's paying seven dollars. I'll have five hundred bucks on it. I hope someone's taken into it. Uh, someone's uh, not, not uh, noting down all the futures bets here. I got them. <laughs> cool. Thanks, boys. Thanks, mate. I'm gonna uh, come back next week. Thanks very much, mate. We'll get on to next week's games. It is the divisional round. Bit rapid fire here, James. Kansas City at New England. This is a tough game. Now, the Patriots are going to get Edelman and Amendola back, which is huge for that offense. But unfortunately, their offensive line is still terrible. And it is due to injuries that they're terrible. I just think Kansas City will get the better of them this week. Now, I could be wrong, but at some point, the Patriots have to not be the best team in the league. So I think Kansas City will get them. They're on an absolute roll. They won 11 in a row. Alex Smith's playing outstanding as much as you hate him. Um, I love how our Patriots fan is barracking for the Chiefs against his Patriots. I'm a Chiefs fan. He's a Chiefs fan. We haven't lost for ages. How how many weeks? You know we haven't lost since Kansas City Royals won the World Series? How many weeks? What was that? October. So How many weeks? Chris, do you actually listen to us or did you just 13? take a nap on the panel when we're talking? 11 games. I uh, think Kansas City will win, but I think, it is the Patriots. Cool. I think you're wrong. Pittsburgh <laughs> at Denver. Will Will our quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, get that shoulder sticky tape back together? Can he get them over the top? And will Manning play? I think Manning will definitely start for Denver. Um I think if Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown, who's been cleared, so if, if, if Roethlisberger can go and is effective, um, I think they can go in and beat Denver. There's no doubt about it. But Denver are the number one seed for a reason. They haven't played that well of late. They're going to rely on the running game. And that's something Pittsburgh's been pretty good at stopping lately. So I think it'll be a really close game. And I don't really care who wins because I don't really care for either of them. But I think Denver will get the win there. Even though I've bet on Pittsburgh, I've just taken the odds there. I think Denver will get the win just. My concerns for Pittsburgh's running game could be non-existent against that front. Against that front. That's a very good front. That's probably my biggest concern. But so were the Bengals, mind you, and they ran very well with two, you know, mediocre running backs against them, and they'll probably have D'Angelo Williams back. So you you, you never know. You You never never know come playoff time. Anything can happen. Switching over to the NFC, Seattle at Carolina. It's, It's an early game again for Seattle. They've been screwed two weeks in a row. How much are you barracking for Seattle, though? Oh, with all my heart. Yeah, I just want Carolina to go one and done. I don't want to see Cam Newton's teeth for the entire game. And you know what? When he runs around to pull off someone's jersey, I want him to do it after a loss, and we'll see how funny it is when he falls over on his face. <laughs> Look, with all seriousness, though, this should be a ripper game. This should be the best should game, be the of, the game of the week. Yeah, They're both very good defenses. 
I don't know whether the week off will help the Panthers. I think for a young team with not a lot of experience in the playoffs, it'll hurt them. Seattle have been to the last two Super Bowls, should have won two in a row, just lost one of them. They're experienced. I think Seattle, I think Seattle will get the win. I think it'll be a little bit too much for Carolina this year. Green Bay at Arizona. Oh, you didn't predict? Who have you got? Oh. To win. Look, I think, I think Seattle will win, but if Carolina won, I wouldn't be surprised. It's a, it, this should be the best game, no yeah. doubt. Green Bay are heading to Arizona. Last time they did that, they got their doors blown. I off. think it will happen again. Sorry to jump in there. I'm just. I think Arizona are so good. I think they are going to absolutely destroy Green Bay. They had, two, you know, two and a half really good quarters against the Washington Redskins. This is not the Washington Redskins. No. This is, in my opinion, and we've said it all season. I said it on our very first podcast when we talked about betting how good I think they were. They're the best team in football, the most complete. Even without Tyron Matthew, they will annihilate them. Carson Palmer will come out and torch them. That defense is not very good. Yeah, I really like Arizona. We've been all over from How the How do you stop all three of their receivers? Fitzgerald, Brown, and Floyd. They're all guns. You have to stop Their running Carson game Palmer is outstanding. Doug Johnson. Is it Doug Johnson? I think oh, the new uh, the the running, running back. back. I, think it's, it's, I think it's Doug Johnson. By the way, it's definitely Johnson. He has David Johnson. He's got That's absolutely it. going late in the season. Who could be the absolute weapon for them? And let's not forget Andre Allenton sitting there as a you know specialist player. That two years ago he was the future for that running for that position. So I, I think I just think they're such a good football team and they should get the win. And I this really is, hope they do. This is great because this is the late game um, for us on the Sunday. Oh, we get this, this at twelve, so it, it's going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to this game. Can I we think watch it's it together? Be the best Rich? game of the weekend. We can because I'll be collecting my championship trophy for winning our fantasy league, and I won't be collecting the Sacco, which you get for coming last in our league three years in a row. I've played in the Sacco Bowl and won every time because I am the Houdini. Poor old Scooby has to collect it. That's it for today. Sorry, I'm just going to jump. I'm not saying poor Scuba. Everyone out there, this is a guy who played four Green Bay players every single week because he's a Green Bay fan. Good riddance. Enjoy that ball sack of a trophy. And he's also got um, Ray Rice on his and bench. Ray Rice on his bench waiting for him to get signed. Look, seriously, Scuba, you deserved it. A little bit less than Doyle, though. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for downloading the SEN NFL podcast. You can follow James on Twitter at Jartha6594. You can follow me at Richard03. Until next week, for JA, for our producer, Chris Tyler, I'm Richard Garraway. Thanks for listening. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.